Hermoney.ie places women's financial well-being up front and centre of all of their services. Through thoughtful planning, women can secure financial freedom to pursue their personal goals, have stability of income in retirement and handle the inevitable obstacles life may throw in their path. They strive to give their clients the best advice at the best value for all of their policies. Get in touch with their experienced team today at hermoney.ie. Hello, I'm Trina Gunning, member of the club and on the committee helping to make the club as amazing as possible for you. Each week, I'll be talking to an amazing member of the club about their business, their journey with it and their thoughts on the club women's network. The club champions women in business and is a first and foremost a support and learning network, which means that there are plenty of opportunities for you to give as much as you receive within the club. If you would like to find out more, please go to theclubwomensnetwork.com or the Club Women's Network across all social media platforms. We would absolutely love to have you join us. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse podcast. I'm Trina Gunning and today I'm delighted to talk to club member Anya McPhillamy, financial advisor at Her Money. Her Money provide bespoke financial advice and solutions for professional women. Their services focus on preparing today for the future, and I'm excited to find out more, which is not something I thought I'd say about financial planning. But I have an idea that this may be something that's very important, not just for myself, but for many others. Welcome, Anya. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you, Trina. How are you? I'm fine. Are you having a nice week? It is gorgeous up here. It's it's bad. I'm melting most days, but yeah, it's bad. It's it's look, I'm not going to complain about, you know, we spend enough time in the in the grey and the dark and the cold. So, you know, it's it's amazing. But you know, if I could be on a beach with a cocktail in my hand, that might be slightly better, but you know, it is yeah. what it is. The, the weather's always lovely, but when you have to work in the weather, it brings a different slant to it. But different you know, at least we get yeah, to enjoy yeah. the bits in between. Exactly, exactly. So, like I said, you're a financial advisor with Her Money, but I know that's not where your journey starts. So no. introduce yourself and your background and let us know um, what how you ended up with Her Money. Okay, so, well, going quite a long way back, I my, my did never really knew what exactly I wanted to do. So when it came time for, you know, choosing university and all that, took a nice general arts degree. English literature, sociology, just things that I loved, just passion um, and absolutely loved it. But again, kind of found myself a little bit at sea afterwards and um, not really knowing what, what direction I wanted to go in. And I fell into um, retail, fashion retail in particular. And I had a very, very long, well, you know, quite a long time in, in fashion retail and spent much of that in working in Brown Thomas in Dublin. And I worked for a good few luxury brands there and I absolutely loved it. And I, I would hand on heart, love being around fashion, love being around people and loved the fashion industry. Um, and really had no intention really of doing anything else, was working my way up, was doing very well in my career and was very happy there. Um, obviously, it's not perfect, like like any career, you know, didn't yeah. love the hours sometimes with an awful lot of travel involved, which sounds wonderful and sounds great. But, you know, at the same time, is not always as glamorous as it sounds, albeit attending fashion shows and going to Paris and all that is wonderful. And I won't it won't change any of that. But, you know, it's also a hard life as well. Um, and that was 
pretty much my career and I was quite set on that. Um, and I suppose the big change for me happened in 2012. I got very ill um, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer and had a long journey of you know treatment and recovery and all from that and when I returned to work after all of that I suppose it, an amount of dissatisfaction started to creep in and um obviously being ill changes you and you started I just started to feel a little dissatisfied with selling coats and selling pretty things and yes you could see people walking out afterwards after with a very special purchase and feeling great but that feeling wears off very soon um and i started to look for something more i felt i needed something that would give me something more internal satisfaction in what i was bringing to people um, and and ironically it was predominantly women I dealt with in that role and it's probably why I've ended up where I am now is because I'm used to dealing with women and I always enjoyed making women feel good and feeling powerful and feel you know but again surface level stuff wasn't really doing it for me anymore so I started looking around for other opportunities and again when you've been a long time in one career it's very hard to find somebody who'll make take a chance on you um, in another career um, but I did find someone and I went to work for a company and um, and and, re and and that's started the process of doing exams and, you know, and kind of back to school kind of thing for financial advice. Um, worked with that company for a while, then moved on to another one where I dealt primarily with um, public sector workers and, you know, it was predominantly retirement planning with those. And um, then pandemic came along and found myself made redundant and so had had really decided that I was going to take some time off pandemic was difficult we were in lockdown I had a young child at home I'm trying to homeschool and all of that so I thought you know what maybe this is a good thing I can just you know focus on one thing yeah. but an opportunity came up I heard about her money I read about her money and I thought oh my god no this is this is something I want to look into so um not long after that, about five weeks after being made redundant, I was working for her money. And obviously it was a remote. I'm working from home and I still am. And I'm 100% from home. I'm very happy with that. Um, and that's where I am. And I've been three years now with her money and absolutely have found my home here. Um, it is, you know, as close to the perfect role for me as you can get. I get to do all of the things that I loved from a previous role, dealing with women, speaking to women, getting to know women, building relationships, all of those things I could bring, you know, are skills that I brought from my previous life. Um, but I'm getting to do something much more useful and I'm being of much more use to the women that, that I deal with than just giving them a nice coat or a nice dress I am helping them plan their future I'm helping them to plan for being financially independent to put things in place so that they get the retirement that they deserve and 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 this this is the thing is we all work very hard and we have a long working life and too many people find themselves with not getting the retirement they deserve so you know that part is great also the protection side and again coming from a position of having had bad health in the past nobody understands more than me the benefit of having protection in place income protection or life cover or illness cover so that's something i kind of i can 
I bring with a lot of passion because it's something I believe enormously in. I know the benefits of having income protection or, or serious illness cover. And, you know, I have no problem talking about that with my clients as well, because, you know, I, I think people really need to see the reality of it sometimes to mm. understand. And we all think it's going to happen to someone else, mm -hmm. you know, but sometimes you are the, you're someone else's someone else, you know, and we just don't know what life has in store. So it's about being prepared and having safety nets in there. And that's really, you know, what does it for me in my role is that I feel I'm really bringing something really substantial into my clients' lives. That's so fantastic. First of all, your passion, like clearly comes across, mm. um, which like, you know, when we think of finances, somebody talking about it as enthusiastically as you are, isn't the first thing to pop into our mind. First mm. of all, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I think for anybody we've been talking to, sometimes where we end up, like in a role like yours or in setting up the businesses, there always seems to be a catalyst. There's something in our lives that happened that kind of allow us to have a different perspective um, and think about things differently, which has clearly happened in your case. My favorite part of your story there was the fact that because there's many ways in which we can help build each other up and empower each other. And I love that you have found a route to do that, that is grounded in more practical ways to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, like you were saying, it's nice to be able to um, go and buy something that we've saved really hard for that is going to, you know, something we've wanted for a long time. But it's also empowering to know that we have kind of got our future sorted out um, and I love that you have managed to transition from one to the other in two completely different areas and to still work primarily with women and, and give yeah. them that foundation yeah that, and, and that's and, and I mean I, I would love to say it was a grand plan and I had it all planned out it's already an awful lot of it happened very organically and um, especially when you are transitioning from one to the other you can, don't always see the road exactly ahead mm -hmm. and sometimes you have you have the steps and each step involves will take you to the place where you're supposed to be and I suppose that's why I kind of say I'm home now because I finally feel I am where I should be and where you know I am happy and content and also feel I'm being really of use to my clients so it, it, it is it, it is a journey and I know it's such a word that's overused but it is a journey and you know very few of us are blessed with um absolute clarity on what they want in life and I you know I, I you know I have nieces and things who are you know around you know young adults and kind of and they're kind of drifting but very few of us know from a young age what we want to do and 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 that is the joy of life as well is is the trying different things and 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 finding your way and then the satisfaction when you and you absolutely know yes. when you are where you're supposed to be because when it. you've been in places that you're not quite you don't quite fit when you do fit you know exactly yeah and, and that's it no, those things are never a failure they're a learning you just have to see them from that perspective it's something Absolutely. that with the the exams over the last couple of weeks and all the stories that I've heard doing the podcast and I know we're doing this podcast for other women in business and who um you know are you know finding their own places like you have but somehow I would love for these stories to find their way to the kids who are doing their exams to let those 17 and 18 year olds know 
that there is no path like yeah. fantastic if you are that person who knows what you absolutely love and are blazing a trail along the, the exact path to get you there but very often that's not it and cool. sometimes I think if we could get these stories to those children a little bit earlier that it would make kind of that whole transition you know a little bit easier a little bit less yeah. daunting because I was the same as you I absolutely loved science and I did a physics degree and mm-hmm. um, had an absolutely brilliant four years learned so much but also knew by the end of it that I didn't want to go into research I didn't want to work in a science field all I wanted to do was go travel so I yeah. did that and it was true travel that a kind of sets you on the path for something else now what I'm doing now isn't what I thought I wanted to do when I came back from traveling either it's kind of meandered along mm-hmm. but um yeah if only those stories like it's reassuring for us to know that now that yeah, we yeah. got there in the end but if you could just throw them back to to the teenagers now I think it would be so valuable for them as well absolutely absolutely um and I, I remember a teacher in school was and we thought she was crazy but she was she was saying you know my son is is doing a law degree at the moment she said now he is no more going to study law or he's no more going to work in the law than the man in the moon and we were like why would you send him to a law degree if that's not what he's going to do and she just said it's your extension of your education it is the development of your personality and it is by being out there in the world that you'll figure out where you want to go she was absolutely right now I thought she was mad yeah. at 17 she was the only one I'd heard say that and yeah. I think if I heard a good few of those voices at that age it might have gone in a little bit better and there, there's something to be said for while yes you want whatever area of education you focus on at that time to have value to you directly or indirectly you also have to choose something that you like because you will never succeed at it like it's three to four years of hard work and you are never going to be good at it or succeed to a good level if you don't get some sort of enjoyment from at least the majority of it so that you know the doing something because you love it um has to be there as well which is why when we end up in the jobs we know we like we know that we we've made it so tell me a little bit about her money I had a little bit of a look at the services you provide and as somebody who is primarily a working from home mommy with her own business trying to get that off the ground there's a a lot that I panic about yes you know not being financially independent Mm -hmm. for myself now it's not something I think I need like it's not a, a, a catastrophe I see happening in the future but at the same time when it comes to things like pensions and all that kind of stuff I I kind of have a bit of a a moment until my husband sits me down and we look at the finances and everything is fine and you know it's yeah. all worked out for the future but it's that idea of not having something solely my own yet and especially coming from a background of childcare, which has as everybody knows is is not a very well paid industry it's not like that gave me a base of anything to jump off of either and um, yeah. so tell me a little bit about the services of her money well, yeah, uh, ultimately, her money was set up in 2017, again, because the, uh, Carol Brick is our MD, she, mm-hmm. she identified that, you know, there, there was a gap there, specifically for women, particularly in protection and retirement planning. And um, again, w- women 
we tend to be the ones who take time off to raise families. We tend to have gaps in, in, in our careers. And while they're, you know, very necessary, very often, and, and, and nobody's trying to say you shouldn't take those gaps. Of course. But the fact is we pay the price down the road when it comes to retirement because, you know, those gaps mean gaps in retirement planning. Um, also for protection. And I mean, women are generally underprotected in this country, um, whether it's because maybe a lot of the times the female, the, the, the woman's salary is lower, is the lower of the two salaries, maybe coming into the household, there isn't the, the urgency to protect that salary. But there, the household runs on two salaries. It doesn't run on one and, and the other is a little bit extra. That's mm -hmm. not how it works. So it is about protecting both. And again, to keep the financial train on the tracks, both salaries need to be protected because you make plans based on two salaries, not based on one with it, with the, oh, we'll go on holidays with the other. That's not how most households work. So for the plans to stay in place in the event of life's upsets, and like we say, upsets can be, you know, they can be redundancy, but they can also be ill health. And, you know, more and more we're getting very seriously ill. But what's different now is we're recovering and we're going on to continue very long full lives whereas maybe in the past we weren't recovering from these serious illnesses um, and now we are so you know but they can there is huge financial burden to being ill mm -hmm. huge and, and you pay that for a very long time afterwards mm -hmm. um just for simple you know for example any protection products if you've had a serious illness and then you're going to look for to for some protection you're paying an awful lot more than anybody else because you're going to be loaded for a very, very long time. Yeah. So the idea is to try, and my mission is to try and get people protected before there's any of these illnesses. So therefore it, it, it solves two problems. It protects the family and, and the, the, again, financial plans while the illness is happening and while you're recovering and you can take time to recover. And that's the other thing is being able to afford to stay out of work for as long as you need and too many people end up going back too soon before they're ready because they can't afford to stay out any longer and then for the years afterwards if you already have your protection in place you don't have to worry about being loaded because of a previous illness so you're not carrying the financial burden of your past situation for a long time in the future so you know and that also feeds into your retirement planning because if you're saving into a pension and all of a sudden you need to take a year or two years out of work because you're ill, if you have nothing in place, then pension contributions have to stop mm. because obviously household has to completely readjust the budget. So that's primarily what um, her money looks after. Obviously, we also help with savings and investments. Investments is something that is becoming more and more popular. And I think women are becoming more aware of investing and not just saving in the bank investments. In a time where our money is not working hard for us at all in the banks, people are looking for alternatives. But also the, the, the saving and, and a huge part of that is planning for children's education. And it does tend to be the women in the household who start planning these things and saving because we all understand the burden that the cost of third level education can have on a family, particularly if you've got more than, you know, two, three children. Mm. Very often families can have, 
can have six years where they have more than one child in university at the same time. That is a heavy financial burden, but it's one that we can plan for because it's not going to take you by surprise. We see it coming down the road from quite a way off. So it's very easily planned for as long as, you know, we start putting the plans in place. And that's a big part of another um, Another dedicated service her money launched um, recently was um, a service called First Steps, which is this. I yeah. was one. I have big asterisks beside First Steps yeah. because yeah. I think this is genius. As somebody who is a young, a young has young children myself, and mm -hmm. when I was reading through it and thinking, there are things that have occurred to me since, and some of them we have sorted out over the six years. But mm -hmm. to have something like that, because it's not what you're thinking of when you're in the throes of a new baby or when you're pregnant. These are no. the practical things. So explain first steps, because obviously you'll be able to do it better than I did. But I think this is the most magnificent thing. Yeah, it, it, it is. I think it's so important. It is a dedicated advisory service for new parents, expectant and new parents. And it is we have a, a, a checklist that we will go through with usually couples, because normally it is something that we will approach as a couple. And we go through all the areas and the financial implications of what having children are. Obviously, we all understand, we, you know, those who want families and have families understand the, the, the joy and, and, and the reasons for doing it. But there are financial implications. And very often we might be six, seven, ten years into having children before those implications start kind mm -hmm. of presenting themselves and and then there can be a bit of a struggle to get things in place so if you know the way what we're trying to do is trying to bring it back from the very beginning and if you can be well planned um in with the financial plan of a household and then accommodate the changes that that uh, you know a child or children bring into the household it's about getting it in early and getting planned early and we started i mean i suppose basically the the, the very very starting point we look at a household budget mm -hmm. and we have a very comprehensive budget that we send people and it's not that we're telling people they have to live by their spreadsheets all the time but very often it's a very useful tool for you know a number of months to live by the spreadsheet a number of months record what you're spending because the vast majority of us don't know where our money is going every month and then we take it then even you know then through protection through retirement planning through state benefits and we go through all the all the different points on the checklist um, to get, help people get prepared for the change in their life that's coming. I think it's amazing, like even the fact that you start with the idea of budgets, because we all know that, you know, well, people have different you know, opinions on it, but compared to worldwide, we've quite a good maternity mm -hmm. payment and time. But with the best will of the world, unless you have a job that's going to pay up the difference, it is a change in most people's budget to Absolutely. drop down to that weekly maternity payment. And then yeah. we have that 16 weeks that we can choose yeah. that we're entitled to to take off. And I know people like my own friends and circle, it happens about 50-50 whether people can afford to do that or not. And yeah. just the awareness of if you kind of plan for it, it might be time that you can have if you really want to be at home for those few extra months. Um, yeah. It touches on things like emergency funds, which is something mm -hmm. in the last couple of years we have only, you know, 
you know, I'd go through my moments of going, well, like, what's the state of everything? What if, you know, the, the boiler breaks down? Like, yes, we'd manage, but surely there's something we can do so that we're, it doesn't feel like we're scrambling the whole time. Um, and even things like wills, which people yeah. don't consider. Um, and I, you know, everybody knows they should have a will. And when we got married, we had two children two years later. But it was only when I had a child that this thing kept being at the back of my mind as something to organize, not just from a financial point of view, but just for a protection point of view for the children themselves. Like, so you have Very everything much. in there. Yes, absolutely. And it, like if you touch on wills, you know, um, you know, who's going to look after the children if something happens? That was to top of my list. At the same time. Um, you know, if it's not specified in the will, there is a process and rightly so children can't just be handed over to mm. any anybody but you know so but it, it again it goes back into the hands of the state and the court system and and and, and that but if it's identified in a will that at least doesn't mean there won't be you know protections in place and have to be but at least children can be handed straight to the person you know yeah. and nobody with you know nobody wants to think about these scenarios but if it's in the will you can stick it in a drawer and you don't need to worry about it anymore and it, it's those kind of things and the, the will is a vital thing and you know especially these days not everybody is married mm -hmm. so you know couples who are not married do not have the same protection that married couples do from the legal point of view and they are treated you know can be treated as strangers in the eyes of the law when it mm -hmm. comes to inheritance and things like that so it is vital that um all families have a will in place and you know it's document that can be adjusted in time but to have it there and um, again like we say we want to put all of those documents into a drawer and forget about them and never need them this is the the idea you know what we want is never to have to call on these things but they should be there in case you do and that's the funny thing i realized afterwards it was something that took up a lot of you know that background things that you yeah. always think you should be doing and then you worry about obviously the worst case scenario you catastrophize everything as soon as it was done and signed i never thought about it again it was like that that comfort to know it was done so doing it sooner rather than later is always a great idea but i think yeah. the first steps checklist and program you have is absolutely yeah. fantastic i know it's right kind of in my sphere of my world at the moment but i will be pointing every new parent i know towards it just because yeah. it's not something you think about and it really should be yeah Absolutely. So I know with her money, you are very passionate about it. And one of the things I got from when I was looking at the website is there seems to be a very strong team of women who uh, obviously you have Carol who started it and she has built up a fantastic team around her. Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit about that, why that's important for her well, money and for you. I feel we've always felt women seem to be more comfortable speaking with other women and when it comes to finances I, I for whatever reason men and women seem to speak in a different language mm -hmm. and um women tend to be more comfortable speaking to other women and we are her money and we are you know we are championing women so you know we need to be out there too and and again we have stories and we, and, and we have an understanding that we can take to our clients that is very unique now it's not to say we don't want men working for us but you know i think our clients expect when they get in touch with us that they're going to be speaking to a woman and we do speak the same language and we do have a great insight into each other's situations, you know, and like you say, you know, if, if, whether it be a mother or whether it be, you know, um, 
you know, business owners or, you know, and, and we can very, and women are very good at putting themselves into other people's shoes and being able, I'm a great problem solver. So, you know, we can, you know, we can sit down and we can make a plan and we're very good at making good, flexible plans. And yes, the team we've built up are, you know, is, is amazing. And, you know, it's to Carol's credit that she manages to, to get all these amazing women around her and, you know, from, you know, and, and we've, grown the team recently in this year we've grown the team quite a lot but you know for outside of the of the the newer um people who have come on board the likes of Claire Kelleher has been around for you know and it, it speaks an awful lot to you know to her money and who we are that people stay once they arrive here they tend to stay and and there's not you know there's never a big changeover in staff and people stay because we all believe in what we're doing and we believe why we're here and we understand why we're here and you know and everybody it's it's a most collaborative collaborative if i could say the word um atmosphere and everybody you know we we go through periods where we're incredibly busy and everybody helps out and people do and 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 we're always you know there's very much an atmosphere of well look how can we do this better? What would work better? What would be more efficient? What would help you out? What would help me out? And, you know, I'm very good on brainstorming and coming up with solutions to make sure that we are giving the best service to our client. Ultimately, it's, it's about the client and bringing the best service to them at all times. Um, and, so, you know, that's something we're constantly working on. We're constantly tweaking how we work, you know, to make sure that we're doing everything we can to you know to make sure our client gets the absolute best of us it sounds fantastic and clearly that came across to you when you found out about them to know so quickly that it was the kind of um team and atmosphere you wanted to be a part of absolutely how did you come to find the club well her money um the her money office is actually based in cork mm -hmm. although i'm um dublin based um obviously and um, they're based in cork so the club is, you know, originates in Cork, I think yeah. is probably the best. I know it, it's, it's gone much, much more nationwide now, but, you know, Cork is kind of its home. So um, we heard about it through the networking, I suppose, um, in Cork. And Carol had gotten in touch with me and said, look, have a look at this. This looks really interesting. And I had a look and yeah, it looked fabulous. So I said, yeah, I'm going to try up. I'm going to join up with this. And um I think my first experience of the club was I did um, one of the Instagram lives oh, yeah. um, on a, I think it was a Friday morning and um, I did that for, you know, for her money and saying who we were. And it was quite incredible afterwards. The, 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 the messages I got afterwards, the, the, the LinkedIn activity afterwards, and it was incredibly positive really really it was it was really very good at that point I don't think there had been even a Dublin meetup or anything in person mm. at that stage so it was my first kind of real experience of 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 the club and I, I just found it fantastic and it was very it's also positive and the, you know very encouraging and you know it, it, it's a real you know collaboration and people are really very generous with their time and their skills and I, I, I just thought I really like the feel of it obviously I've been you know it, with, with networking groups before and some are great some are not so great and you know um, I really like the feel of it I it felt very fresh and very different to others that I had been involved with before mm -hmm. and I thought no this is this is I like this this um I like 
I like the, the 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 atmosphere of it. I think it's it's a really it's it's really positive and it's something really it's different and it's and I think it's really is the way forward. I think we'd all changed over the lockdown and mm -hmm. you know COVID period and the old way of networking. I think has kind of had its day in a way and um, we needed something different. And I felt the club really was, really had its finger on the pulse of what people needed yeah. at that time. I think it's one thing that like when people are talking about the club, there will always be that mention of the, the word atmosphere, mm. whether it's through one of the, like the online workshops or the deep dives or when everybody gets together in a room and yeah. it, when there is an event on near them, there is always that buzz because everybody is willing to give as much as they're receiving. And I think that's really kind of central to it, that it really is that support element of it. I loved at the start of your story, though, how Carol found out about the club and sent it to you. That yes. it, like, you know, that she's even spreading things like that among her team. And it wasn't, oh, yeah. a, oh I must check that out. It's a, well, well. I can send other people to my team to these to, to broaden their network yeah, as well. Oh, absolutely. Carol's very generous that way. She's a generous person, but she's very generous. And she's um she's a great mentor and she very much is is, you know, obviously she you know, she it's 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 her business and you know she wants us to succeed, but she also wants us to succeed and develop and grow. And she's been fantastic with me and she really, you know she lets me run with her money an awful lot and she you know you know I take real ownership of it um and but she's a great support and you know mm -hmm. she's always there for me but yeah that that would be a very typical thing for Carol to hand something over to me and say check that out and see what you think and um you know and we'll have a chat about it or whatever but you know and if you know she's incredibly supportive if you know if I have an idea if I you know if you know if I see something that I think we'd be interested in, I take it to her. I don't think she's ever said no, because she's always willing to take a chance. And mm -hmm. if she thinks she trusts me enough, I suppose that if she thinks I, if I see something in it, then she's, she, you know, she, she would be quite happy to go with it. So she is very much incredibly supportive and very, she champions her team, you know, as, as um, enormously and, and is always looking, you know, and always open to, you know, whatever we might say we might want to do and next year I'm going to go back and do some more study and, and things like that and you know Carol will always be a hundred percent behind any of us who want to you know develop more in that way so yeah she's she's Sounds amazing yeah Sounds amazing. she is so with joining her money or maybe before you got there what has been your biggest learning or insight throughout your career um you know it's probably maybe a little bit general but I honestly you can't listen enough I think in everything whether it be to your clients or your team or your boss or whoever but you can't listen enough but there is an art to listening and it's something I suppose that I have maybe I think have developed quite well is sometimes you have to listen to what people are not saying as well as what they are saying and um very, I also believe very much in in allowing a pause and allowing people to gather their thoughts um because sometimes when people are talking to you and telling you what they need they're only figuring out it out as the conversation is going and you have to give them room for that because I could easily bulldoze in with any client and say you need this 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 and this 
and let's get this all in place. But that's not their plan. That's my plan. And a plan, a financial plan or any kind of plan will only work when you own it and it is yours and you see the value in it. So that I, I and although maybe it's a small thing, but I think it's vital for my clients to feel heard and you know and, and possibly you know I mentioned earlier women like to talk to women it's because sometimes I think they don't feel heard by men mm. and they an awful lot of telling them what they need to do um because that's maybe men operate differently and when they speak to each other it's a I, I love men that's not I have no issue with men at all but we do speak different languages and you know women are used to not being heard and you know it is you know it, it comes up again and again in life so you know that is something I have and, and particularly silences in the past may have been I would have found uncomfortable but I have kind of learned and trained myself to stop and listen and allow someone to gather their thoughts before jumping in and assuming I know what they're about to say mm -hmm. so that has been it's a skill I've had to hone and it takes a very long time and you have to deal with an awful lot of people you need a lot of practice at it, or at least I did um but it's something I feel I've got a handle on now um, and I think it is to my clients benefit that mm -hmm. I'm able to really listen to what they're saying and sometimes to what they're not saying and and help them along the way then to maybe put words into what they're not saying. I absolutely love that, that idea of the pause because when I think of the amount of times we think we've thought about something, but when we're talking about it out loud, something else switches on in our brain and the amount of times I've said, oh, now that I'm saying that out loud, whatever conclusion I've come to. Yeah. And the, the things you figure out just by purely having that sounding board, she's not constantly coming back at you like, yes, they're going to ask leading questions or or try and guide your thoughts to be a little bit more succinct. But it, it's sometimes when we're talking and we take that pause that something else comes to mind. Mm -hmm. um, and also something I try to do because I don't know if anybody's gotten this impression of me, I like to talk and be part of the conversation. <laughs> so not jumping in is something that's very difficult for me but something that I think I've kind of come to appreciate a bit more in that it leads to better conversations um, when you allow those so I absolutely love that idea of allowing that pause to just sit there and you never know what might come after it sometimes the, the, that's where the magic comes out mm -hmm. of you know and that's where the inspiration can come from or a little bit of oh you know um, but if there's no room for that in the conversation it never happens exactly so yeah. the opposite what has been your biggest obstacle in your journey biggest obstacle um sometimes it's yourself mm. you know and um actually 100 percent it's myself i um i thought i was no good at maths oh i had a teacher tell me in school Oh. I wasn't great at maths it wasn't my strong suit and therefore the idea if I could tell my 17 year old self that I work in financial services <laughs> I would absolutely be rolling on the floor laughing because you know maths was not my strong point yeah. and um I carried that for a long time 
and I really did, you know, I, I, you know, I'm pretty good at languages and, you know, pretty good at, you know, communicating and all of those things. Math is not where I need to go. No, stay well away from there. And that has been my greatest mental challenge is overcoming that and, and, you know, putting those thoughts to bed Mm. because clearly I have some aptitude, (laughs) you know, clearly, but I didn't think I did because somebody in authority told me I didn't and I believed them and I didn't have any strong enough voices around me to say, no, don't listen to them. Mm. Um, just circumstances and it's happened to an enormous amount of people women in particular I find an awful mm. lot of women say oh math is not my strong suit yeah and yet they're highly successful women in very high power jobs or you know running massive businesses or small businesses it doesn't matter how what size the business is and yet they think their math is not their strong point because very often someone told them it wasn't so that that has been my biggest challenge is you know, if you want to call it imposter syndrome or whatever, it was like, why, what gives me the right to tell people how to manage their money when maths is not my strong point? Um, but I have overcome it. It is rubbish. Of course, no, I'm no mathematician. I'm not going, you know, I, you know, that's not, but you don't have to be a mathematician to be good at maths yeah. and to be good with numbers and to be good with money. Um and that has been that was that was something I carried. I didn't even really know I was carrying it until I was looking for a change in career because uh, someone, you know, my husband said, "Would you look at financial services?" He's an accountant. He said, "Would you look at financial services?" I was like, "Are you mad?" Me? <laughs> oh. Isn't uh, it mad how one comment can stay with us, especially when it's at that stage where you're supposed to be figuring out what you're good at and it goes back to what we were saying at the start if you could just tell them that what is happening in that moment yes there's an importance to it but it's not the end point it's not the this decision now is going to decide the course of my life that's not what it is and Mm -hmm. people's comments at that stage become very central to how we see ourselves as we step out from that secondary school age into the college age we bring that with us we don't think we have the capacity for change like we're we're finished developing at that stage and like boy have we not like you know did just be kept (laughs) going starting only getting going um yeah and i know people don't understand the weight of their words sometimes Mm -hmm. can you know uh, how how i'm sure that teacher who said that to me had no intention that I would carry that kind of idea about myself for maybe the next 20 years. And I'm sure she had no intention, but, you know, they are people in authority and, you know, um, it does, it does. And, and particularly, like you say, at that particular age, when you're searching and you're, you're, who am I? What am I good at? Where am I going? What route? And somebody cuts off, kind of cut off a road for me. Section. Yeah, a whole like, and and it's not just you know, just maths. Like, wh- what can that encom- encompass? It encompasses everything. Mm. So to cut that whole, it's like cutting an arm off and saying, "Oh, well, I don't need that." Like, I'm no good at that. So you know, I'll just I'll operate without one for the rest of my life, and I'll be fine. Um, it's you know, it's it it is such a huge thing, and it you I couldn't tell you how many women I have spoken to clients of mine who had the exact same experience as that mm. and how it it dictated the road they yeah. they they went on and it's 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 
it's it's a terrible thing to have yeah. you know they, these mental blocks yeah I think I <laughs> it's funny because I did the physics degree before I did the childcare degree and yeah. I know now that this the style of an arts degree was much more conducive to to how I learn I think yeah. in in school you should not only be focusing on subjects but focusing on what way your brain learns now I was successful at the physics degree and obviously it included a, a, a big part of maths and mathematics I would say it wasn't my strong point I'm much better with the the like physics is much more um like it's physical you can yeah. you can do it you can see it it makes sense to me whereas maths is much more abstract but I can remember when I was doing the start your own business course and we got on to the whole idea of like that financial planning and budgeting and this was the part I was kind of like I'm going to be no good at this you know let me do the workshops and create those but like financial planning I'm no good at and I said this out loud to the trainer who we were very lucky was an excellent trainer and he said did you say that you're at home with your own family and I was like yeah and he goes who organizes who does the shopping and who does sorts out the budget and who like you know each time the money comes in monthly and I was kind of like oh yeah well I do all that and he goes that's exactly it he said you do it he said but you're just going to apply those skills to the money that comes in and out of the business and I kind of went Oh, well, I never thought about it like that. And it seems such a simple thing and an obvious thing, but we block everything off as well. And we yeah. tell ourselves, oh, that's a big, important thing over there that somebody, an accountant has to sort yeah. out. I can't do that. Now, obviously, there's elements of it that become more difficult and you need assistance with. But yeah. we really do put ourselves through it when we're kind of going, oh, no, that's not my forte. I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really do yeah it's 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 incredible really how uh, what boxes we put ourselves into mm -hmm. you know and it takes so, a lot so quickly as well yeah absolutely so absolutely so to finish us off mm -hmm. i am going to ask you what is the top tip that you would give to someone starting out on their career or in their business trying to find their way um always go with what you love mm you know your heart leads the rest of you will follow and like you if you don't have passion for what you're doing or a love for what you're doing you're going to have a very long long arduous career and your career is not supposed to be that way it's supposed to be full of course challenges and nobody's looking for an easy ride and it'll always be challenging it'll always be difficult at times but if the love and the passion is there underneath it all that will drive you and that will see you through all the bad days so always go with what you love the rest will take care of itself I think I think that's fantastic and it's kind of been a thread throughout our whole conversation mm. you started talking about what you had a passion for and we're ending on that note as well yeah. so I think it's really nice thank you so much for your time today Anya it has been absolutely fantastic talking to you you're very welcome Trina it was absolutely lovely thanks very much I really enjoyed that Thanks so much.